Welcome one and welcome all. It is January 29th and we are live with Upstream episode number 135. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great, Alex. Thanks for asking, buddy. Of course. (laughs) We are doing fantastic, Alex. (laughs) Good to see you guys, as always. Kind of an action-packed week. Actually, it feels like I haven't talked to you guys in a while, even though we did talk last week. Uh, How'd you guys like having Mr. Mobile on? Talking Blackberry. Yeah. I had a nice time, too. Nice change of pace. No, and uh, and it was just kind of timely as well. I mean, the Priv re-review that he literally published right after you know us speaking was just right on the nose. I thought that review was excellent. If you haven't seen it, go check it out because it says a lot about the Priv, and it says it in a way I think that's a little bit more compelling than probably our our rants here about the device, you know, and our frustrations over the the many many weeks of upstream. So definitely go check that out. Priv's still an awesome device. You know, if you're not looking for, you know, a couple of different things that the Priv may have some setbacks with, but definitely nice to have Michael on and hopefully we can have him on again, you know, once the Mercury actually drops, which seems like the Mercury is officially going to be dropping now, Mobile World Congress, which we kind of expected. Blaze, yeah. <laughs> with that kind of announcement, we saw a, almost like a consolidation of BB Mobile, a handle, I guess, owned by TCL to help promote their new line of BlackBerry phones. You think that's a good thing to do? I think it's kind of like a genius idea because it takes like one handle and focuses it on like handsets and then BlackBerry's actual handle and stuff can be used for the enterprise. I've still seen like more consolidation happening on some of the BlackBerry Twitter uh, sources like down to that one uh, handle. So I thought it was kind of interesting that they did that consolidation on, on the TCL side. Yeah, and I think you'll you'll basically continue to see some more of that consolidation happening throughout the the various avenues that they have for social media and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know, just keep your eye on, on the Twitter accounts and things of that nature to be able to go ahead and follow along with it. But, yeah, it's uh, it, it makes sense. Uh, unfortunately, I don't, you know, there, there's still going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, well, what account do I, I discuss these things with? Like, is it the BlackBerry Help account? Is it, like, mm-hmm. the BlackBerry Mobile account? It, it's still going to be... A little, little bit scrambled for a little while, but I guess, uh, I guess you know that depends on, on how well they implement the the, the changeover too. So definitely, and and it just makes sense because then TCL can just wholly focus on pushing it, and all BlackBerry needs to do now is just retweet, you know, and it becomes there's a really really easy fluid thing for them to do, sharing different things that they have, and really being able to work together and have a larger platform. I've seen what they did, what TCL did with the Alcatel Twitter handle and social stuff. And that's really like gone really far. I think they've got like a couple uh, thousands, like tens of thousands of followers there, if not hundreds of thousands. So that stuff is good. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of kind of a social push from TCL. Uh, you guys did an awesome article about that ABC show, The Last Man Standing, and how Tim Allen had that mercury out there live on air a month before the device is launched i mean that stuff is pretty exciting and you should think about that uh you know in in terms of the scope of what blackberry and tcl are going to be doing just really positive to see what did you guys think seeing tim allen have that device out so early ahead of the launch you think that's a good thing yeah i mean for me it's nice to see that they they're already laying some groundwork there i mean it's it really is just the beginning of what it what I think TCL has planned for it. So, um, you know, Tim Allen is is a good spot because Tim Allen has uh, has always been a BlackBerry fan, and the history there with uh, you know 
the the subtle marketing behind it has has happened before. So I mean, it it can't do any harm. That's the best best thing to say about it. Definitely, um, especially with the the news that you know. Uh, the Mercury did make coming out of CES 2017, like it was on TV. It made its way across some avenues that it, it generally wouldn't make its way across. You know, whether or not the portrayal was entirely accurate doesn't necessarily matter. People, people saw that device, at least some of the images of that device across some avenues that they probably haven't seen it before. Um, so maybe now, you know, it, it creates a little bit more interest in what they have coming and basically if anybody was you know paying attention or you know casually watching the show they would see that in Tim Allen's hands and say hey isn't that the device that we saw on you know whatever website I, like I said it, it really can't do any harm at this point even though it was you know just really subtle marketing um, to be able to go ahead and have it out there hopefully it will uh, it will become not so subtle in the future. Hopefully, we'll see some ads or something along those lines. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like this is really the only time we ever see any BlackBerry advertising is with Tim Allen, and it makes sense that he's kind of a, a brand um, proponent of the brand at least, uh, and he's pushing it. And he loves BlackBerry, which is great. It's it's good to have uh, people like that aside from just Kim Kardashian. I don't even know if she's still on BlackBerry at this point, but I think it's a good thing just casually see it. Um, you know, that logo is very recognizable, so I'm sure people watching it, even if they don't know that BlackBerry's still around, they'll they'll see the logo and be like, oh, that, you know, looks like a BlackBerry, and boom, you know, the front of it, it's like, oh, wow, you know, that has a keyboard. At the very least of letting people know, hey, BlackBerry's still around, it's, it's you know, got to be a good thing. I don't know if it's really going to sell phones necessarily, but in terms of brand, it, it can't hurt, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just interesting, I think, that there's a good management of the kind of hype building up for this device. And that gives me a lot of hope in terms of what we're going to be able to see once the device is actually fully out there. Whether any refinements happen on the hardware or where more likely it's going to happen in the software, um, I'm excited to see BlackBerry's Nougat as well. I think that's the real big story here from a software perspective for BlackBerry and from a security perspective. A great new hardware. We're going to be seeing more of it. Um, Blaze did an up a little write-up on the Indonesian BlackBerry device that potentially may be coming out. And and Alex, um, pull up those specs, actually, because that's really interesting. When I looked closer at those specs, it kind of is a, it's like all over the place. And I don't know if I'm reading these specs correctly or not, Blaze. Maybe you can uh, weigh in, but the spec lineup seems like very, very low end, but also kind of like current in a lot of senses. So it's <laughs> yeah. a 5.5 inch, 720 HD display. It's got a Snapdragon 425, which is a relatively weaker chip, but then it has four gigabytes of RAM. <laughs> what? <laughs> 32 gigabytes of onboard storage, which is another, I'm so glad like BlackBerry's not even thinking about phones with 16 gigabytes anymore. Like that's awesome. And then a 13 megapixel and eight megapixel uh, camera setup on either side. And then a dual SIM, which is again, something we've all been wanting in a BlackBerry for some time. So to get a dual SIM and then have a solid 3,000 milliamp battery, same as in the DTX60, that's pretty impressive for a budget device for you know a sub market that BlackBerry has. Blaze, do you think that these are kind of going to be on the nose? And is a 5.5 inch screen like maybe too big for what people are expecting from a BlackBerry in that market? I don't know. I mean, it's a good question, but 
I mean, the thing, the the key thing that sticks out to me is the four gigabytes of RAM. Like, that's kind of like, why does that have four gigabytes of RAM? But BlackBerry Mercury only reportedly has three gigabytes of RAM. That's kind of seems a little bit off. And I mean, I don't know. We haven't even seen this device. It, it hasn't popped up anywhere or anything like that. It, it I don't know. It, I, don't, I mean. The source of the information has been reliable thus far in terms of, you know, the accuracy that ha has been relayed. But who's to say, like, you know, everybody gets something wrong at some point in time. So, I mean, mm -hmm. when it, 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 looking at that situation where we haven't even seen the device yet, I'm just kind of curious about the specs. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, wouldn't place any bets on them as of yet. So. It's it's crazy because like to me at least like a budget all touch Android that's basically stock running maybe nougat maybe marshmallow whatever kind of setup that's something like I'm interested in and maybe getting a hands on you know and it's a lock now potentially to this Indonesian market it's just very interesting I mean those specs seem like a leap type device to me and that's something that you know has you know some sense of uh, usability for people on this side of the earth as well. But then you think about the lineup with like DTEC 50 and, you know, what TCL is bringing to the table for them in this region. It kind of makes sense to have a separate focus and go for exactly what is needed in that market. So cool to see nonetheless. Yeah. Alex, let's talk. I'm kind yeah, of like interested in the overlap as well. Like I want to know. I mean, I know that there's not really any overlap, but in the eyes of some people who are looking on and, and seeing these scenarios lay out, there's going to be some overlap. Um, because, I mean, you have TCL building BlackBerry devices. You have this joint venture building BlackBerry devices. And, yeah, like, chances are the person who is buying a TCL BlackBerry isn't going to be able to go ahead and purchase that Indonesian BlackBerry very simply. You know, it has to be, like, imported or have a friend of a friend who can get it to you or something along those lines. So, you know, there's really not any general overlap, but there is at the same time. I'm just wondering how, like, TCL is like looking at that situation like do they have to have to like sort of compete in some sort of way with this branding do they feel as though that you know maybe if if the joint venture puts out a crappy device that that's going to hurt their side of the branding story I mean it, it's all there's a lot still a lot to be explored here with how they're going to roll these things out and it's going to be really really interesting over the next few months to be able to get the, the grand perspective of how all of this stuff is going to come together to make a cohesive plan. And I don't know, man, it's just one of those things where I'm just really interested in how they're going to put it all together and, and how it's going to appear to end users. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, like on the street level for, for everyday users, I don't think it really matters that much, but you know, for us who are invested in, in telling the stories behind the actual situations, it, it really becomes problematic because, like, how do I introduce this this Indonesian device to these readers when I, you know, tell them that they have this TCL BlackBerry coming too? It's really, really a complicated situation to lay out, and I don't know how how it's going to work out over the next few months. And maybe that's something BlackBerry's kind of in the center of managing. We we don't really know whether it's something they. They hand off or they just get the devices in and they're like, yeah, it looks good. Slap the branding on it. We're good to go. Or what kind of 
you know, quality controls there are across the board, especially if they're injecting their secure chip, you know, they're there somewhere, right, in the process. It's it's really seeing the depth of all that, and as Blaze said, how that comes together. Over on CrackBerry, I put up a post on the DTEK60 camera and really all of the BlackBerry Android cameras that they've got on Priv, the 50 and the 60, and how to just get better shots with it. It's a pretty straightforward kind of tutorial running you through the manual settings on the device and as well some of what you can do with outside, you know, applications in the Google ecosystem. Specifically, I talk about ViscoCam, but the actual Android software that BlackBerry has on their devices has an inbuilt image editor as well. So you could always use that. Definitely, I think the biggest pro tip on that list is to turn your camera sideways. That irks me to no end when someone's shooting a video <laughs> or or taking, you know, a, a portrait shot that doesn't need to be in like a portrait mode, right? So I think that and as well that the shutter can work as the, or excuse me, the volume rockers can work as the uh, the shots and the shutter for your phone is something I think a lot of people could get use out of. I can do that on some other phones too, but BlackBerry has been pretty consistent. That's crossed over from BB10 and it's available on the Android one. But a lot of people don't know about that is that in the volume rocker settings deep in the camera at the very bottom, you can actually set your volume rockers to zoom in, increase or decrease audio and or you know shoot and, and, and capture that shot. So you have some flexibility. And all of that stuff is, is talked about because that's the same type of camera setup we're very likely gonna get on the Mercury. I was actually watching one of Roland's videos uh, from Mobile World Congress, and he had the device, and he talking a little bit about the software, and it looked like the camera app that he was using wasn't like fully scaled appropriately to the resolution and things like that. You know, o- you know, overall indicating that you know the software that was running on it was not final, obviously. So interesting to see like what we're going to be getting, because I also threw up a post over at CrackBerry talking about how that Mercury device may be running the exact same camera sensor as the Google Pixel. And Alex, have you been impressed with what the Google Pixel's been able to capture for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of it, too, is just the speed of it. Oftentimes, someone will be like, uh, you know, need to take a quick picture, or I just want to do something really quick. You know, the camera is very responsive, um, and the the quality has been great. I haven't played with it to the extent that you have. Uh, even day one that you had the Pixel, you sent over some pretty cool pictures. I'm not... I'm not so big into taking photos. It's more of a utility to me, but it is nice to have, um, you know. So if, if they mirror the camera, and I wonder if some of the technology can be pushed over as well, then that would be great. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds awesome, you know. Oh, one of the best cameras out right now is going to be on your phone, but software has so much to do with how all of that happens, right? The post-editing, the sharpening, the exposure control, all that stuff comes down to software. Yeah. What I can appreciate is that the BlackBerry Android software has way more features and functionality and controls than the Google Pixel. Google's is just a straight shooter. You can do very minor exposure changes, but it's not very robust out of the box, whereas BlackBerry has the potential because you know, you can take the time and get that like really crispy shot. Um, you've got a potential to be able to get a lot of great things out of that camera. Can shoot 4K, uh, standard going to be, you know, over at 1080p 24 a second on the frame. So just some interesting stuff. I'm I'm more interested to see kind of the myth get broken for people that megapixels mean everything. Um, <laughs> I, but I, when I did the review of the DTEK60 Blaze, I mentioned it in his as well, and he's used the device much more than I have, you know, longer term, but... The DTEK60 camera is great. 
but it's not something that you necessarily want to just shoot one and put it in your pocket. You may want to shoot a couple, right, and then put it in your pocket just to make sure you you know you got it. Whereas with the the Pixel and other phones I've used, iPhones as well, you just take it out, you shoot it, and you know you got a half decent shot to use. So. I'm also interested to see whether or not, you know, BlackBerry software is able to make a lot of use out of that shooter versus just the higher megapixel count getting getting that quality for them. So a lot of things to manage there, but I think BlackBerry is in a good place to really just focus on the software and nail it and maybe do some advancements, right? And we've talked on previous podcasts how the software experience that we're getting across the board on the Android front is hasn't really moved much, right? New things have come, new additions. Dark Hub is in beta right now. So there's stuff coming, right? But nothing really game-changing and monumental from the software side. So maybe Mercury is a good time to start introducing some of those new software pushes, you know? Let's get BlackBerry Jot out there for people to start uh, doodling around with or something like that. Blaze, what's up with these autoloaders? And and why do we keep getting new ones? A new 10.3.3 autoloader is available? I don't know. It, it's it's a good question. I think there was a lot of stuff that was actually broken in some of those first releases that went out. Um, because, I mean, consistently, there has been files that have uh, have been updated within the OS. It's not like they're just pushing out the same OS um, over and over for different carriers or anything like that. There are actual changes within the OS. Nothing huge and substantial, but they have improved a few things and cleaned up a few bugs uh, within 10.3.3. So, I mean... You know, more power to the guy who was working on it to be able to go ahead and continue pushing those builds out. But uh, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where they nothing seems to be drastically changed, but um, there's definitely some improvements there. So, um, you know, if you haven't gotten 10.3.3 yet via your or through the desktop operations or anything like that, then make sure that you go ahead and get it downloaded. Um, because it is there, it is available uh, for most most devices to be able to update too. So, yeah, I'm still waiting on my classic to to get the update at all, and I don't know. Who knows? It's been weird because the autoloader is literally like the best go to if you want to update your OS at the you know at least in the current day and say I wonder where, whether we can get like a more consolidated rollout for everybody. Carriers included, like, are there even carrier conversations happening about, you know, getting this OS available and, and out there for people? I, I really wonder whether that's something going on or not. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only the only device that I updated manually myself is my AT&T passport because I knew AT&T wasn't going to go ahead and push that out. Right. So I, I left all of my my other passports to be able to just see exactly when they would go ahead and get updated and all of them came through at the exact same time and they were you know my 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 white one is unlocked from shop blackberry red one is unlocked from shop blackberry and i have a black one from shop blackberry what is unlocked and they've all consistently got the updates at the exact same time so i don't know it, it really comes down to the carrier aspect of it i don't even know if some carriers are you know, maybe some of the smaller carriers aren't even pushing it out at this point, in which case, you know, that's that's kind of problematic, but at the same time, it's not because, you know, you can download the files. This is what those autoloaders and blitz files are for, it's for the people who are stuck. So, uh, like I said, you know, it, if you don't have it as of yet and you simply can't wait for it or feel as though that your carrier is taking too long, then definitely go ahead and just get it downloaded and manually update that stuff. Hmm. My my cousin's actually just he switched over from a Q10 to a Passport. Um, well, he bought the AT&T 
uh, Silver Edition Passport about a year ago or so. He didn't switch over to it for the longest time. He just switched over to it, and he just went on vacation for his honeymoon, and he loves the phone. Like, he, he told me halfway through, he's like, I want to buy a second one, just like just in case, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, you know, that's where you might want to get the Mercury or whatever the second version is or whatever a try. But it's like, he, he loves the phone. He's using Google Photos and all that fun stuff through um, whatever that that hack is to get Google Play running on BlackBerry 10, and it's he's been even messaging me on Allo, believe it or not. So it's been uh, kind of interesting. <laughs> Those passports are pretty much gone now off the of shop BlackBerry. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, that flash sale really probably took out the last of those inventory, and you know it, it's interesting because like now is the time to hoard it. I mean, guys, like legitimately think about this right now blackberry 10 launched four years ago tomorrow which is crazy to think about and how quickly this transition has gone on and how consistent john chen's been with what the direction has been and and really holding to it so you know i'm i'm impressed to see kind of further where blackberry can go and, and take their software efforts but for now i want to play just our our patron question and we'll close out the show here nick asked about cameras so I'm going to get this queued up, and Alex, hopefully you can level the audio. I'm just going to go full out on this. Oh, boy. Yeah, if it's loud and someone's yelling at you, it's probably uh, probably Alex's fault. Hi, James. Hi, Upstream crew. First, I just want to thank you for your excellent quality podcasts and, and great insights into BlackBerry News. Uh, my question is, whether with the rumors of the BlackBerry Mercury sensor being the same as the Google Pixel, whether or not you think the BlackBerry Mercury will, camera will be as good as the DTX 60s or better. Thanks. So the question sums up as, you know, whether or not the Pixel camera is going to be better than the DTX 60s. The Mercury is better than the DTX 60s. And I'm, I'm hoping it will be. It's tough because obviously the DTX 60 is like a flagship smartphone, right? It's got all the high-end specs and whatnot. And then the Mercury may be like this mid-range, mid-to-high-end you know, device. Whether they're aiming for the cameras to be better, I think you'd always want to like progress with everything you do. Maybe you, know, you have an idea of where you want it to lay in the market, but you want to always make sure everything's better. Like Even with the 625 processor, I expect them to wanted to perform as good as the DTX 60 does in every in every way and it's really you're paying for like horsepower in yeah. a, in a in a higher spec phone but not performance that performance overall is is pretty even on the keel so i yeah i expect it to be better personally not only is the sensor probably better and it seems to be able to get good results in other devices but i think scaling it back and letting blackberry software really do a lot more of the work is something that can help that that camera really shine on the mercury as well and in the hands-on we saw people who handled the camera said it was fast which is what alex was just mentioning appreciating about the the sensor he's currently using and as well as the pictures were, were fairly good in the kind of nasty ces lighting that they had there so um nick i'm looking forward to it really alex you think they can manage to get better than some of the things that i've shown you like on the d tech 60 yeah, I mean, realistically, the like the cutting edge phones right now, they're all even on on the same kind of level. They're good in their own regard. So it's like really, you can't have a bad smartphone camera nowadays. So long as you have a decent enough processor um, to handle it, 
it's going to be fine. Um, but maybe I'm not necessarily the right person to ask anyway, because it's not like I buy a phone for a camera. It's more a camera having, you know, a phone having a nice camera is a nice thing to have. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be great. It'll be better than than the DZX60 and, um, you know, not too, not too different, I don't think. So we'll see, though. Blaze is like, no, DTX60 for the win. <laughs> no, I think it will, um, I mean, it, it, like you said, it, it's always uh, always a good idea to go ahead and have, have things progressing and making sure that things are better than what they used to be right previously. Um, you know, BlackBerry has kind of a history of not really focusing on the cameras, although, to their credit, they have been getting much better about it over the past couple of years. Um, so hopefully that that process continues on. And um, I don't know. It, it just basically comes down to a wait and see moment. Um, just because something has has all of the the stuff to to make something great doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be great. You know what I mean? Um, it comes down to the software, the implementation of it all, and you know whether those those components actually speak to one another. Uh, to be able to go ahead and produce some great images. So, I mean, do I expect it to be better than the DTX 60? I hope so. Do I expect it to be better than the Priv? I hope so. Um, but uh, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you just kind of have to wait and see. Also, I mean, here's the thing what, what really bugs me about cameras is that, I mean, when it comes down to, like, camera comparisons and stuff like that, people are like, well, how does the camera compare to the DTEK 50 or the DTEK 60 and this and that? And it's like, well, I mean, there's there's certain scenarios where you know a camera is going to be crap. Like, you're not going to compare the DTEK 50 to the DTEK 60 or something like that, right? Because you know that the camera is just not on par. But when you start putting these devices that are similar weighted together, it's kind of like, well... Yeah, do you really notice much of a difference? Is there anything mm -hmm. there that like you can't like just filter off or just slightly edit with some of the the apps that are available? Like, is it really that far off that you you, you feel the need to like complain about it, or you're not going to buy it based off off of that one certain photo? You know what I mean? I, I think I think for the most part, I think it's safe to say that cameras in smartphones have reached a point where. You know, it, unless you're buying like a lower end device and comparing it to a higher end device, the, the majority of the cameras are pretty much on par with each other when it comes to it, because the majority of the, the part components that are being put in there are all the exact same components. So it really comes down to like the software side of things and, you know, whether or not you can edit those photos and make them look better. It's, it's just one of those things where, I don't know, it, it kind of bugs me how much people put a focus on it. I get it. But it bugs me that, like, someone would say, like, oh, I'm not going to buy the print because the camera sucks. I'm going to buy this one. When, really, the pictures are pretty much kind of similar anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, let's jump into our after show, guys. Always uh, good to... Oh. Before we jump into the after show, and I, I really hate to leave this on, like, uh, kind of a sad note. And to be honest with you, I'm not exactly a person who... Um, kind of deals with death very well. But I do want to just go ahead and say that um, we had a member of the Crackberry community die on January 20th. He passed away at home peacefully. So I just want to say a shout out to Ken. Rest in peace, buddy. That was it. 
<laughs> like I said, I'm terrible at dealing with death. Yeah. He deserves some recognition. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And we'll link up that Crackberry thread so people can you know, share their condolences down in the description on this video. So if you want to check that out, please do that. Alex, cue up this image because I sent it to you over, over on Slack. This is what we're going to talk about a little bit in our after show and a little bit more uh, talking about you know BB-10 and some of the history in, in our after show tonight. But that is a, a supposed uh, would-be render of what would what like a developer version of that mercury device would look like and barring that awkward awkward five row keyboard with the numbers on top i think the all black unit looks awesome compared to the silver edition that's just me personally we'll jump into more of that later anyway guys we'll catch you next week take it easy Great. take care later guys <laughs>